Hello and welcome to the Small Business Sessions powered by Zero. My name is Emma Jones, founder of Enterprise Nation. I am delighted to have not one, but two guests here with me on this episode. I have the wonderful Oliver Bridge, who is founder and CEO of Cornerstone, and Richard Byfield, who is founder and also CEO of Realize Capital. So welcome to both. Uh, We're going to talk in this episode about the value of taking advice and having a mentor. But first of all, Ollie, tell us a little bit about Cornerstone and maybe even your background before starting Cornerstone. So before Cornerstone, where to start actually? So uh, I'm 29. I've been in e-commerce and business from probably age 15. So um, your listeners won't be able to see this, but I've got massive feet, size 13 feet. And that inspired me to start biggerfeet.com when I was at school, which is a big footwear retailer. So I kind of got involved in kind of e-commerce and that kind of stuff pretty early and stayed involved with kind of starting business projects sort of through my teenage years. When I left university, I went to work for a brand consultancy, working with big companies helping them launch new products. Then I went into the investing world and then I launched Cornerstone in 2014. And Cornerstone sells men's toiletries on a subscription model over the web. And the whole concept of Cornerstone is giving people a really good start to the morning by making sure they've got everything they need in the bathroom so that you never have that horrible morning where you run out of deodorant or run out of shampoo or run out of shower gel and think, oh, Christ, you know, (laughs) this is going to be a really difficult morning. I'm going to smell today. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we've been going just under four years, um, started at my kitchen table, which I still own, um, with a £5,000 startup loan. And the business has kind of moved on quite a bit since then from those humble beginnings. So today we've got a team of 35 coming up to 170,000 customers around the UK. Um, We've been fortunate enough to raise £8 million of funding to kind of power the whole thing. And yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, to be honest. And it's been a pleasure to watch you because, of course, we profiled you when you ran biggerfeet.com. I think you were the youngest at the time. You were the youngest entrepreneur that we'd ever profiled. So it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I think I was the youngest company director in the UK at that point in time or something like that. I did not know that. And they changed the rules. So you had to be at least 16 after that. Do you feel quite old now that now that kind of like loads of teenagers are starting businesses? <laughs> at that time, not that many of them were. Now it's kind of like de rigueur that you start a business when you're 13. Yeah, I'm sort of a geriatric young entrepreneur now. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling very old at the age of 29. That's shocking. I'm not even going to tell you my age. It's interesting because all of this growth has been enabled by a very strong mentor in the form of Richard Fifield. Uh, so Richard, your background is slightly different to Ollie's, but um, talk us through that. Hello, Emma. Uh, yes, I won't start with my age, but I've had a more traditional background, uh, started off in accounting, working from smaller firms into large global international accounting firms, starting off doing boring accounting and audit, then going into corporate finance. You'll see a theme emerging here, particularly corporate finance in the tech sector, and then into consulting and helping boards and people perform. And here you see the sort of mentoring side coming in. At that time, also getting involved in senior boards, so being on public company boards, and then latterly into advising, consulting, and I I guess latterly being an investor and working alongside ambitious entrepreneurs to help them to grow and sell. Okay. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be sell. It's it's about realizing value, hence the name Realize Capital. And underpinning all of that, uh, I've done a lot of work around the emotional side of running and growing a business and the psychology behind that and understanding, mentoring, coaching, advising, consulting, all of those things kind of wrap into one 
basket of advice. And we're going to come back to, I guess, how people know that they need that advice and kind of what it then means to them. But first of all, um, how did the two of you meet? Because lots of entrepreneurs say to me, I'd love to find a mentor. How? And then they do say, like, literally, where do I go to find one? There actually isn't a database of mentors. So how did the two of you get to meet together? Yeah, Ollie mentioned he was working in uh, a brand advisory, uh, innovation advisory business with FMCG um, retail brands. And I happened to be part of the the founding team of that of, of, of that business, and I'm CFO of that business. And Ollie came in, I think it was his first job from Oxford, a bright young thing. And um, basically, we hit it off from there. He disappeared into private equity and appeared back at my office with uh, a crazy idea of selling uh, shaving over the web. Um, <laughs> um, I didn't think he was old enough to shave, but um, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it went from there. And the thing that interests me is the the distinction between a mentor and a coach. And again, mm. this comes up a mm. lot as a question. So when you're looking for someone to help you, because you know Cornerstone has gone through phenomenal growth for what is still a young entrepreneur, which is huge responsibility of hiring, raising money, figuring out the technology. This, these are like massive jobs to do. Is a mentor someone who tells you what to do? Or is a mentor someone who listens and then almost doesn't say anything and you work it out for yourself. And maybe if I can get both Richard and Ollie's view on that. Yeah, there are lots of technical definitions of mentoring, coaching, counselling, advising. Um, and you can go for ages talking about that. But the bottom line, I think, is in a business context, you're helping somebody to deliver a plan and help grow themselves, a business plan and help grow themselves. Mentors typically it is around, I've been here before, I can help you see around corners, I can tell you what might go wrong, I can give you the benefit of my experience, um, uh, take you through real experiences that you've had on the ground and say, it might look like this to you. But at the end of the day, if you force that advice on someone or you aren't able to connect with them and build rapport with them, they won't listen. Coaching, on the other hand, is is slightly different in the sense that you are helping that person come to their own conclusions about things. Sometimes that's very, very valuable, and that's the way perhaps you get the deepest learning. But but business is so fast, it's sometimes you've just got to say, don't do that because you'll screw it up. And that piece of advice may save what, somebody hundreds of hours of times or hundreds of thousands of pounds. And Ollie, is that how the relationship with Richard has worked for you? It's been this kind of, this is what I'm thinking of doing, and Richard is like, oh, I've seen this work before, I've seen this not work before. It, has that helped in the in the very rapid growth of the company? Yeah, it's been pretty iterative, actually. I mean, we've never this is probably the first time that anyone's kind of i guess described our relationship as mentor mentee i mean that we've, we've certainly never used that sort of language and when i approached rich on day two and said i've got this crazy idea what do you think can you help me with fundraising and what do you think about this business plan and it kind of evolved from there really and it's over time it has become more of a mentor mentee thing to a degree but it has been really focused around effectively delivering the business plan and growing it and creating something really cool and the challenges along the way require lots of side conversations. But yeah, I think typically it's sort of, we all just bat ideas back and forth all the time. I think I'm probably uh, Richard's number one received call list. He's on, he's, he's second only to my wife on my wow. uh, speed dial list. <laughs> <laughs> that is a You're, close relationship. And he's ahead of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it pep, constantly peppering him with questions. And then it's, it's to and fro because we're in sort of different worlds to a degree. Richard's been there and done it in many senses and often, as he said, saves hundreds of hours of work or very expensive mistakes or embarrassments or whatever. But there's also new dynamics that are around now that weren't when he was. And so sometimes I've got ideas that he might go, oh, I'm just not comfortable with that, but I kind of push on regardless and knowing that if I get it wrong, I've got to kind of 
go backwards with my sort of uh, tail between my legs. So it's an interesting kind of almost like a push-pull relationship where we sort of normally meet in the middle on stuff. I think that's a really, really important point, actually. The first is that it's not all about the mentor knowing everything and the mentor not knowing everything. It's very much a partnership. And the other thing is when you're trying to stop somebody going over too far like people can go to the edge and ollie will push a business situation to the edge and his great skill is looking over the edge and suddenly listening and saying actually i'm not going to fall over i'm going to pull back from it and i think the mentor's job is really to push that person to the edge or else you won't win in business but make sure they don't fall over it and that's been all he articulates that as push and pull and i think i look at it as going to that edge looking over coming back but staying on the edge because you won't be competitive unless you're out there unless you're on it and so it's kind of that double dynamic and richard your thoughts having watched ollie and other entrepreneurs you help actually kind of going through this i guess it's an evolutionary process for entrepreneurs so first of all you come up with an idea so then you've got to write a business plan you may have to go out and raise a startup loan or kind of further money and then as the business grows you have to become a leader you have to take on people sometimes you have to get rid of people which then brings in kind of new skills and you've spoken about the personal side of kind of leadership and being a founder what advice do you give to entrepreneurs who are growing a company from their kitchen table to then having a team of 35 how can the entrepreneur still grow the company and make sure it's hitting its targets whilst also growing themselves mm, I, perhaps the greatest trait you can have is knowing yourself and knowing where your boundaries are. You can grow those boundaries, but uh, don't look too inward. Uh, you can be inward on a small business around a kitchen table, because you, uh, but when you've got 35, you've really got to look outward, grow yourself, um, take advice. It's not just for one mentor or one coach. You get advice from every, wherever you can. The key is developing the ability to make smart decisions. I think that's at the root of good mentoring and build a team equally and perhaps even better than yourself in their areas to actually push that business forward. So it's very much about self-awareness. And, and the business that I see that struggle to grow, the leaders and founders aren't self-aware. Um, self-awareness actually may say, I'm not right to take the business to the next level and I might delegate it to a management team or sell it. Self-awareness also probably says I'm confident enough to push to the next level, even though I might not have the, the knowledge to do that, but I can pick up the knowledge. And, and one further thought, just one idea is we've all heard of IQ. I think there's EQ as well, emotional intelligence, and there's also AQ, which is attitudinal intelligence. You've got to have a mixture of all three to build a business over time. You can be very smart, but not understand people and situations. Be very smart and very skillful, but you just run out of motivation. So I think you've got to look at those three areas in yourself and build those into the team as well. Lovely. And Ollie, you're at the point now where you've got 35 people, 170,000 customers. I see you on buses around London, which is just amazing. Do you feel you'll get to the point, just as Richard described, where you feel, am I the right person anymore to lead this or should I take on a certain role and get others to do different things? I think at various points along the journey, you definitely doubt yourself. You'd be quite arrogant not to to be honest um you know as i said i'm not even 30 yet i'm responsible for 35 people and before i'd started cornerstone i'd never managed anyone and now i manage people that manage people and some of the people that you know i'm now top of three layers of management in some cases so it is crazy in that sense and just the kind of when you look at the accounts so the amount of money coming in and out and it, it can be a bit overwhelming at times and i think that is where having someone next to you who's been there and done that and go, no, 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 this is this is fine. Like you're capable enough to handle this. And actually I think the the broader point when you're starting a business is right at the very beginning, it's about hustling and building a good product and finding customers to pay for it. And you're sort of building the product market fit, as I, as it was always described. 
But once you get to a team of, say, 10 plus, I think was a turning point for us, actually become more of a manager than a doer, uh, which is a really weird transition to make. And I've found myself moving really now from kind of founder to almost CEO, which is really weird. So a lot of my time is spent trying to make sure that we've got a team, a senior team of sort of seven or eight people. And a lot of my time is spent making sure that they know what they should be focusing on. They've got the right resources to do what they need to do. Their teams are motivated. The teams aren't conflicting and clashing in any way and managing any politics if they do pop up. And it's weird, you you move from doing the thing that makes customers happy to effectively running the organization. It's a very different skill set. Um, and often people start in business because they're good in a particular area. So they're an amazing artist or an amazing um, technology coder or whatever. But not many people are fantastically natural managers. And that's where the mentor relationship massively helps because a lot of those rules and principles around managing people, managing teams are timeless. So as much as the technology and the brand and the marketplace moves on, a lot of the management stuff is timeless. I think that's a lot of the benefit of mentorship is helping on that side of things. And do you think you move on from mentors? I feel really awkward asking you this question when Richard is literally sitting opposite (laughs) me, but do you think you outgrow mentors so at different stages? And Richard has been with you since the beginning and it's been this, as I say, amazing journey of kind of watching the company grow. Do you feel that kind of at different stages of the company that will require a different mentor relationship? Possibly. Uh, I think at, at the moment we still work really, really well and because Richard's been in a wide variety of businesses through his career and through Realize, he's got lots and lots of different perspectives. Um, but also, which is not the only source of advice I go to, you know, we've got a board of six people. So I speak to all of them on one-on-one basis. Uh, and also as a startup, generally, we make a really strong point of deliberately seeking out companies at similar stage to us. So we'll go and meet other founders and CEOs, and then I'll make sure that our senior team meet their equivalents. So we'll make sure that our CTO goes and meets the CTOs of other similar stage businesses and so on and so on. So trying to make sure that not only do I kind of triangulate my thinking with multiple sources, but also the team around me do that as well. I like that. So you kind of have mentor support, you have peer support, and you encourage your team to have the same. I like that. Okay, Emma, can I just, I think that is an important point. Sometimes too much is made of mentor-mentee relationships. It's business, it's helping people. You get whatever advice you can from the best source. Um, That's what you should be doing constantly. It helps to have some kind of place to go back to sometimes to, to bounce things around. But, you know, your partner can be your mentor. You know, anyone can be a mentor on a particular functional issue. You know, you don't know how to tie your shoelaces. Somebody does. I'll have that piece of information. Thank you very much. So let's not get hung up about it. And I think coaching, mentoring, some people are you know out there going, I can't find a mentor and I don't know what to do. There are easy ways to, to fulfill that and, and sort that out. One is to become a member of Enterprise Nation to get wraparound business support, I should say. Sign up now. (laughs) But we're talking about Cornerstone. Um, And Ollie, on that, what are the plans for this year? So 2018, big year, you've got lots of customers. Are you looking to go international? What's, What's the plan? The big thing for us this year is moving from being mainly shaving focused to that whole bathroom proposition. So uh, earlier this week, we launched our antiperspirant deodorant, which was great fun. Uh, and then over the next few weeks, we're launching our shampoo, our body wash, multivitamins, and then later on, we're w- launching a dental range. Wow. So we're kind of trying to prove that our theory that people, our customers love the Cornerstone brand and trust us so much that they will trust us to basically develop and sell them these other products as well. And so far, so good. And the process we've come about that uh, through is effectively using hundreds of our customers to tell us what they want from all these kind of products, then finding amazing manufacturers to make them and then saying to our customers, thanks for your help. Would you like a free sample to see how see how it is? And that so far is working really well. So the big change for our business is yeah, ch- effectively fundamentally changing our product offering. And then alongside that, 
carry, hopefully, hopefully carrying on growing at sort of 56% a year. Lovely. So the plan is literally to own the bathroom. That is the plan. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the master plan is effectively to put the men's aisle at Boots out of business. Oof. <laughs> Quite a lofty ambition. Yeah, I was going to say, Boots, you he- heard it here first from our ambitious, still not yet 30 entrepreneur <laughs> and his wise, older mentor. Uh, it has been a pleasure having a chat with you. Uh, thank you both Ollie and Richard for coming into the studio. It's been lovely to kind of hear how mentoring has helped your business grow. And as we say, if this is something that you're considering, do reach out and get support and advice for your business this year. And hopefully Enterprise Nation can help with that. That was the Small Business Sessions from Enterprise Nation powered by Zero. Go to enterprisenation.com forward slash podcast to find out more. And big thanks to audio and podcast production service Podraffy for producing this show. See you next time.